Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I remember the first time I experienced heartbreak on Valentine's Day. It felt like the world was crashing down around me. All of the love I had shared with someone felt like it had been washed away in a matter of seconds. I'm sorry you felt that way. Do you think this year will be different? I'm single, so there won't be any special activities with a significant other, but I refuse to let that stop me from having a fun and meaningful day. This conversation about heartbreak during Valentine's Day is possible because the latest generation of AI tools has become really impressive, including this one that you'll hear throughout the episode named Chat Sonic. One of the things I'm most looking forward to is being able to spend some quality time with my friends. Aside from that, I'm also planning to treat myself to a spa day. Finally, I'm going to spend some time reflecting and writing in my journal. I think it's important to take stock of what's going on in my life and think about the relationships that I have with others. Do you have any advice for those who might be anticipating having a tough Valentine's Day? Indulge in some comfort food and watch a good movie. Spend some time with friends and family or even just a pet and talk about how you're feeling. Do something that brings you joy and makes you forget, at least for a while, what day it is. Remember that feeling heartbroken is a part of life and it will pass. Chatsonic didn't have the most original answers. But this exchange is an example of how the efficiency of AI-powered text generators' responses is reaching new heights. A new artificial intelligence tool known as ChatGPT is gaining popularity for its ability to craft emails, write research papers, and answer almost any question in a matter of seconds. A lot of AI analysts say it's as revolutionary as the internet, but some say it's a threat to society. Today on Vice News Reports, we investigate if AI can truly make us feel better and how an app named Coco tried to push the boundaries to find out. The experiment on the tiny, obscure platform has erupted into a controversy. You can't really replace the human-human connection. I'm Stephanie Kiryuki. I'm Chloe Xiang, a tech reporter for Motherboard. And I am Chatsonic, an AI-powered bot. This is Vice News Reports. Hi, Chloe. Welcome to the show. What did you think of the advice from Chatsonic? It was actually pretty good. Can we call him Chad? It's nice to meet you. I don't really have any feelings about the name you call me as long as you're being respectful. (laughs) Yeah, we can definitely call him Chad. And Chad was just giving me advice about how to deal with heartbreak, which is kind of wild, right? I think it speaks to how wide the uses for AI text generators are these days. I know you've done a lot of reporting on this. Can you tell me more? Yeah, so just to give you some context, I've been covering how AI affects society for a while now. 
And I've become really invested in generative AI, which text generators are a part of. So ChatGPT is one of the most famous ones so far. And if you've been paying attention to the news lately, you know that ChatGPT has been coming up in many different cases. So for example, it was able to pass an MBA test with a B or a B minus, and it was even able to do a corporate lobbyist job. Wow. And these situations naturally bring up ethical questions of plagiarism and, you know, people having fears that AI will take our jobs. But I feel like the most urgent ethical question is how AI interacts with research in fields like psychology and mental health. And especially in these areas where research is a bit flimsy as it is, it makes it a bit of a delicate relationship. This kind of technology has been developing for years, but towards the end of last year, the latest iteration of the popular AI tool, ChatGPT, was released and really proved to us how much these tools have changed and advanced. This higher visibility has shown the challenges that come with these breakthroughs, right? In the case of AI text generators, I know that there's one specific story of Coco that you started to look into. Yeah, so I came across this therapy app called Coco, which helps you connect to different peers and they will offer you mutual support, especially in times of mental health crises. So as they're in their testing stage, the app Coco has been trying all sorts of things out. And one of these things includes using ChatGPT to help with the mental health support. Many apps already have AI-generated text as soon as you register for the app. You know, fill out your name and your information here. But Coco took it further. For me as a reporter, it brought up the question of, you know, what happens when AI touches the most intimate areas of our life? And I feel like there is a world in which Chatsonic was saying earlier about feeling sad on a holiday is actually helpful for someone to hear. But I think it can also backfire. What do you mean by backfire? So back in January, the Coco app co-founder, Rob Morris, shared an experiment that they had run with the app. We provided mental health support to about 4,000 people using GPT-3. Here's what happened. Keep in mind, Coco is a peer support platform, right? You go to give or get emotional support from others. On Coco, people can ask for help or help others. What happens if GPT-3 helps as well? GPT-3 is the latest language model that powers ChatGPT, the one that everyone has been raving about. It's trained on millions of text examples scraped from all over the internet to produce its own responses to different prompts and messages. The idea of this experiment was that one group of people would receive support from the AI bot, which was still monitored by a human, and the other group would only receive messages written by humans. Response times went down 50% to well under a minute. The issue is that the people who were receiving the AI-assisted responses didn't know that they were mostly talking with a bot. And, you know, as you can imagine, it didn't go over well. We haven't directly heard from any of the participants in the experiment, but Rob's thread on Twitter and the experiment altogether came under fire pretty quickly. Morris claimed that the feature was an opt-in, but people insist that he conducted the experiment without the informed consent of the participants Meaning that, yeah, while they were able to agree to the terms and conditions of the app while logging in, they were never explicitly told about the active experiment. 
For me, this controversy was especially jarring because when you see most of the news about what's happening with AI text generators like ChatGPT, it usually centers on people using the bot for something, you know, more harmless, like someone plagiarizes a paper for school. But here, we're talking about people who are potentially struggling emotionally and need help. It's a completely different ballgame. Right. But this brief, very DIY experiment, I mean, did it have any positive results? Actually, there were a few. That's after the break. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So before the break, you guys were going to tell me more about the positive results of the Coco app. Yeah. So the AI reportedly cut down the response wait time by about half. And obviously, we would need to verify this percentage. But in a mental health crisis, any reduction in waiting time could make a real difference. Yeah. And according to reports, the AI-generated messages resulted in improved engagement for users, with many reporting increased conversation depth and improved satisfaction with the therapy. I think this is because a lot of large language models like GPT-3 are able to generate, you know, really advanced, highly relevant text in response to a prompt. It can be really good at deceiving us into assigning more meaning to the words than there actually is. The experiment showed that AI can be used to facilitate emotional support in a way that is helpful and meaningful. But we have to remember that the chatbot isn't understanding what it is saying at all. And even if it's saying it really well, it cannot empathize or really contain any emotion. Does it understand what it's doing in the sense that we do? It's easy to leap to false conclusions, as Professor Weizenbaum discovered when he created ELISA. Before ChatGPT or any of the modern text generators came into the scene, there was Eliza. Eliza was an early computer program developed in the 60s by computer scientist Joseph Weizenbaum. It worked by having a rudimentary AI script titled Doctor Script that would interact with the person using the computer. Men are all alike. In what way? They're always bugging us about something or other. Eisenbaum had initially created Eliza's doctor script as a parody of, quote, the responses of a non-directional psychotherapist in an initial psychiatric interview, quote. 
But unexpectedly, the script was actually successful in eliciting emotional responses from users. He says, um, I'm depressed much the time. I'm sorry to hear that you're depressed. It's true. I am unhappy. The users had begun to ascribe understanding and motivation to the program's output. This became known as the ELIZA effect, our tendency to read or listen to language and believe it comes from someone. Nevertheless, Weizenbaum's secretary fell under the spell of the machine. And I asked her to my office and sat her down at the keyboard and then she began to type. And of course, I looked over her shoulder to make sure that everything was operating properly. After two or three interchanges with the, with the machine, she turned to me and she said, would you mind leaving the room, please? And yet she knew, as Weizenbaum did, that Eliza didn't understand a single word that was being typed into it. A more recent occurrence of this effect happened last year at Google when an engineer was fired after claiming that their AI-powered chatbot Lambda was sentient. It's not a difference in scientific opinion. It has to do with beliefs about the soul. It has to do with beliefs about rights and politics. There is no scientific definition for any of these words. Mm -hmm. The guy who made Lambda eventually came to believe that his creation was a real soul with feelings and everything. Even though this conspiracy is absolutely not true, it just brings something up at the heart of all these AI machines. For the people who use these tools, the question becomes, what's more important, their authenticity or effectiveness? Right. It becomes a balancing act. And these AI text generators used in mental health settings, they might be useful, but it seems to me that we're sacrificing real human connection. I mean, in this case, the Coco users really weren't feeling it anymore after they found out that the messages they were receiving were co-created with ChatGPT. The Twitter thread from Rob Morris ended like this. We pulled this feature from our app pretty quickly. Once people learned the messages were co-created by a machine, it didn't work. Simulated empathy feels weird, empty. Machines don't have lived human experience. So when they say, that sounds hard, or I understand, it sounds inauthentic. Okay, so basically what this means is that if an AI is used without a user's knowledge, and then they find out about it, that AI stops being effective. But this doesn't necessarily suggest that AI isn't effective in mental health, right? It just means that you probably shouldn't hide it. Definitely, and the thing is that regardless of what we prefer, AI tools, not just text generators, will continue steadily advancing and becoming more common in the mental health sphere. So now it comes down to what to do with them. Chad, what do you think? A future of our kind come by AI. A world of new discovery, new technology, man and machine, now intertwined. A partnership both can rely on. Though man is strong and machine is wise, a journey of exploration they will embark on with AI. Chad has a pretty optimistic outlook in his poem. Chloe, for you, at its best, how does the future in mental health look like if text generators and other AI tools are here to stay? Yeah, I mean, I think to begin with, the most important first step is to make sure that people who are developing these mental health technologies are working and engaging with the appropriate stakeholders in the development process. So this includes impacted communities, community advocates, mental health experts. There is a really great benefit of technology, which is, you know, spreading these services to more people. 
where it's inaccessible right now due to long wait times and high costs. And AI-based therapy apps could really help bridge this inequality. There's also the benefit of anonymity. Because mental health is still so stigmatized, talking to a bot anonymously really allows users to feel safe. And there's also a lot of exciting research around AI tools that go beyond text generators. So for example, there's fit trackers that can predict when depression episodes might come. And they do this by tracking your sleep patterns, heart rates, and tone of voice. And I would imagine that in the gathering of all this information for all these potential uses, there must be concerns of privacy. What do the more skeptical researchers say? Absolutely. In order for any AI to work, it needs to be fed tons of information. So this aggregate of information could include your personal data, like whatever you provide the app with when you first sign up. And in many cases, people are even finding that their likenesses, copyrighted art and text, are showing up in data sets that are used to train AI like ChatGPT. And outside of privacy... If an AI was trained on recent news articles or books, the word nurse is more likely to refer to a woman, while the word programmer is more likely to refer to a man. AI learns from the people that engineered it and from the data sets that it's trained on. So it does learn our biases. And finally, there's the worry of over-reliance on these tools. You know, most researchers agree that no AI tool as it is can really replace a therapist. Given that there's more attention now on how AI interacts with us and our well-being, do you think that developers will shift anything in how they create and release these products? I think that most companies, especially the ones working in this intersection of AI and mental health, are trying to be active and anticipating the ethical challenges that might come up once people interact with their products, if anything, to avoid backlash like the one Coco received. But this needs to be solidified with concrete, industry-wide standards and federal regulations. It also means that we need to rethink the way that AI tools are built in the first place. So currently, there's this existing ethos at the core of a lot of technological and AI innovation, which is called move fast and break things. And this is where developers are more interested in innovation and creating the next big thing rather than going slower and seeing, you know, how does our model and how does our program affect the people that end up using it. So perhaps AI tools can't really promise us human authenticity, but they can and they should offer us transparency. Chloe, thank you so much. Of course, it was my pleasure and thank you. Goodbye and happy Valentine's Day. In response to the backlash to the experiment on the Coco app, co-founder Rob Morris said on Twitter and to Motherboard that they did not store any of the user's personal information. He also said that the experiment they ran with the app was exempt from informed consent because there were no plans to publish a peer-reviewed study. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
This story was produced by Adriana Tapia and edited by me, Stephanie Kiryuki. Reporting by Chloe Zhang and Adriana Tapia. The AI text was generated using Chat Sonic, and the voicing was created by Play.ht. Vice News Reports is produced by Sam Egan, Sophie Kazis, Adriana Rodriguez, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our supervising producer is Ashley Cleek, and our associate producer is Steph Brown. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and me, Stephanie Kiryuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. Our VP of Audio is Charles Raggio. I'm Stephanie Kiryuki, filling in for Ariel Duem Ross. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but for real, please rate and review the pod. It really helps people find the show. And Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.